good afternoon ladies and gentlemen i am delighted to be here in bhu one of the best um, one of the old one of the old universities and also uh, to be in varanasi which is the oldest living city in the world for this i have to thank dr subhash lakotia who was very gracious enough to invite me to give these couple of lectures and uh, this gave me an opportunity to come to this lovely university and to this city the title of my talk is romance of innovation r&d for forgotten indians my name is anil rajwanshi and i run a small ngo called nimkar agriculture research institute in a place called paltan which is 100 kilometers southeast of pune in western maharashtra and whatever we have done it is on our website which you can see www.narifaltan.org it's a very extensive website and i will request you to please go and see what we do uh i'll give an outline of my talk first of all i'll talk about romance of innovation as a path to happiness then i'll tell you a little bit about my story since whatever i am going to talk about is uh, closely associated with my own life then i'll tell you about the challenges and possible solutions for rural areas which will include household sector and then the farming sector which provides the maximum livelihoods then we'll talk about high tech solutions for rural areas and then i'll talk about we need excellent brains for rural development happiness through innovation all of us work to maximize our happiness in whatever you work you do you always do it for your happiness people have the different def uh, definitions of happiness but you internalize your working that what gives you happiness for some it is fame and money but i believe that creating something wonderful inventing and innovating also gives happiness innovation is like a yoga to reach the goal all the roadblocks and pinpricks become inconsequential because innovation requires a very focused mind and yoga is nothing else but a focused mind and a deep thought on any subject results in the discovery of that um, thing R&D needs unfettered mind and which will come through the yoga and so thus to do something meaningful in one's life and give back to society brings great joy and happiness and this is what i have done in my life and this is what i would mostly talk about and i am sure that if you also follow this recipe then it will bring great joy and happiness and this is what i call as a romance of innovation because then you do things for just for the sake of innovating sake for sake of inventing sake of discovery rather than for any other ulterior motive of money fame etc i went from iit kanpur i did my btech in mechanical engineering in the, from iit kanpur in 1972 then in 1970 from 72 74 i also did my mtech in iit kanpur because at the time i could not get into united states so i thought it's best to do mtech here and then apply 
and luckily I got um, a scholarship, Government of India scholarship, which allowed me to go to University of Florida to work under a very famous uh, solar energy expert called Dr. Eric Farber. I went there, did my PhD, um, uh, found my lovely wife who's sitting here in front of me. We got married in that uh, uh, there in Gainesville, and then both of us in 1981 came back to rural Maharashtra. It was she who brought me back to rural Maharashtra because she was from that area, and so whatever I have done is because of her. I have written about this journey in a very interesting book called 1970s America, an Indian student's journey, and this is made um, freely available on the net and this is a URL and you can see what I did and what was the for what were the forces which made me come back to India. I returned to India because of my arrogance. I thought I have learned enough I should go and change India. You know at that age you have this tremendous arrogance, tremendous foolish ideas but I think if you don't if you're not foolish enough you will not do things which are different. If I was intelligent enough, I would have never come back. So the thing was, I just first jumped and then found out where I have jumped and tried to make the best out of it. I came back because of the arrogance that I will change India. India is a very ancient society. Just like you live in this very ancient city of Varanasi, it's a very ancient society. It's very difficult to change it. But in the process, India changed me. It gave me, um, uh, it taught me certain um, humbleness uh, because the problems are so huge and it also taught me spirituality which is one of the most important things about India and I think both these things are the future of the India's development and the world. Challenges of, challenges of working in rural Maharashtra and I have written about this in my new book called Romance of Innovation. And this is also freely available on the net and you are most welcome to browse it. I am also um, uh, leaving three of my books to Dr. Um, Lakotia, who will put them in the library and I do hope you have the chance to read the physical copy. Both these books are free, freely available on the net. The mantra for working in rural environment is Janoon. If you do not have a Janoon, if you do not have a passion, then you will not work. Because there are so many uh, things which can go wrong, which can create problems and unless you have a Janoon or, or a tremendous passion, then Janoon helps you in removing a lot of those pinpricks. Janoon is a focus activity. It needs to be cultivated from the childhood. And it is helped by concentration, meditation, curiosity and picking up interesting projects. And I did the same, I, I did these things in my working in NARI and that is why I think we were able to do something meaningful. Janoon also helps ward of pressures from family and peers because when you get focused on certain activity, certain creative uh, process, then it helps you to get rid of or at least it provides a shield against the pressures of your peers and your family and other things. Greatly focused mind helps in getting the right priorities of life, helps in becoming spiritual. And when you focus on something, it is basically you are becoming spiritual because spiritual 
Spirituality is nothing else but looking internally, thinking about things very deeply and that makes you a very spiritual person. And so genesis of happiness, your tranquility and sustainability comes by a greatly focused mind working on a specific project. And also by giving back to society is very enjoyable. What are the challenges in rural areas? Even 72 years after independence, almost 60% of rural population or 100 million rural households have very primitive lifestyle. This is the data from the government of India itself. They have hardly any electricity and they cook. As you can see, this uh, child is um, uh, studying in this simple hurricane lantern. They cook on biomass stoves, which make the inside of the house very polluted, as you can see on the second photograph. They have, don't have any clean drinking water. They lack toilets and very few avenues for gainful employment. Rural poor in India are some of the most malnourished in the world. In fact, this is we found this out by when you are working and developing our land stove. We start talking with these poor people, and we found out that they cook whatever is available in the PDS and not very much is available in the PDS. So they just eat mostly bakris or chapatis or big thick rotis with nothing else but salt and um, uh, spices. And it gives them tremendous malnourishment which leads to a lot of disease because ultimately when your body does not get enough nourishment, the disease takes care of it. So there is a need for rural restaurants. We'll talk about um, uh, what we have uh, uh, suggested and 30% of the world's poorest live in India. Somehow the modern technology has not touched their lives. Yet we have a very big program in this country of moon and Mars exploration. There is nothing wrong in moon and Mars exploration, but I feel for a poor country like India, the same type of technology and the methodology that they, that they apply in moon and Mars exploration should be applied in solving the problems rural poor. It requires high technology and that is what we have been trying to promote. I will tell you a little bit about the strategy of rural development. The right, uh, the first uh, diagram shows that how the technology development takes place. Initially uh, when the new technology comes there is an exuberance of uh, development and so the size in increases drastically because we are, you are still trying to understand how the things work and so the space utilization is not very um, uh, efficient and a classical example is the dinosaurs and the big things in the Jurassic part, um, uh, time and as the things become more efficient the size reduces and the efficiency increases and this is shown in the first graph. In fact all our inventions also are following the same route. Second graph shows that all the things done in the nature are at room temperature. But our technologies always run at very high um, temperature. All our combustion technologies, all our, all our technologies for, um, uh, um, for mobility, they all run at high temperatures. And as we advance, we will become uh, nearly a room temperature um, a civilized, technology civilization and that will be make us very efficient and so I have drawn the graph in which it shows efficiency and how the temperature varies and both these graphs are our invention and we will be proud of it.
High technology is needed for rural development because we need to maximize efficiency and this has given rise to frugal innovations which is what is very commonly used now. It allows maximum extraction of materials and energy from dilute locally available resources like solar, biomass, wind. In fact, the societies can easily be termed as a high intensity energy societies and low intensity energy societies. In fact, all the cities are based upon the high intensity energy because they work, they use high intensity fuels like um, uh, uh, petrol, diesel, coal, etc. And the rural areas are dependent upon the low intensity sources like solar, biomass, wind. When we use very high technology for converting these dilute resources to end product, then we can have very tremendous increase in the efficiencies and can deliver the end products without going through the very inefficient process that happens in mega cities. Hallmark of evolution is size reduction, increased efficiency, room temperature process, equilibrium with the surroundings and robustness. And I believe biomimicry is a mantra for design and this is what we should follow in our design for the rural areas. And our designs are also following this route, cell phones, power plants, etc. They were huge and slowly, slowly as we become more efficient, they are becoming smaller and smaller. In fact, the first cell phone that came was 2 kilograms, very big and could make very few calls. Today, I can't even see your cell phone because it is you have this Bluetooth in your ear and we and the whole thing has become more efficient and very small. Societies are like Prigogine's dissipative structures. Prigogine was a Nobel laureate who got the Nobel Prize for nonlinear thermodynamics in 1977. In fact, he developed this whole idea of how the evolution in natural systems happen. For example, if you take a water in a beaker and then you heat it, then the regular thermodynamics tells you that the molecules will get heated up, they will vibrate very much and ultimately it will end up as a heat death when everything starts, everything evaporates. And yet in natural uh, nature, uh, beautiful convection cells develop in which the uh, hot water from below comes through the top and the cold water, water goes down and these are called as the Bernard cells or the convection cells. In fact, I consider societies as Prigogine's distributive structures and depending upon the quality and the quantity of energy, these cells or the structure of society develops. India is already a decentralized society. What we need to do is to produce a high-tech decentralized society which will be much more uh, sustainable and which will be much more in tune with nature. So what needs to be done? <clears throat> We have done some work on this and looked at a lot of possibilities and we feel that to improve the quality of life of the rural poor one hut at a time. So it needs 1220 kilowatt hour per year of electricity for fans, lights, refrigerator and transport. And mind you this is almost two to three times more than what the um, uh, Niti Aayog and Planning Commission had suggested and it shows that they are so removed from reality because I believe that unless and unless the rural poor become middle class, this country cannot become a great country. So our focus should be how to bring 
this rural poor, which is a huge amount, huge number, into middle class, and that should be the focus of our all our development. And they also require 260 kilogram per year of LPG, and with both these things, we can put them in the bracket of middle class. And we also need to provide excellent rural livelihoods via high-tech farming, and this we will talk about, and get the best brains in the country to be engaged in rural development. India Inc. or the all the corporates and all of you in the big cities, they survive because of rural areas. Why? Because the rural areas provide you with the food, and we cannot survive on nuts and bolts of software, but need food for our existence. And unless until we help these rural poor through the farming, through making their life better by creating more livelihoods through better farming, we will not have enough food to survive. India can only become a great nation when 60% of rural poor become middle class. And we have written about it in a lot of places. And this is the roadmap for rural India, which we wrote as a very major article, journal article in Current Science couple of years back. I'll tell you a little bit on what we have done in our institute. We have developed this land stove. Land stove means lantern come stove where the heat from this uh, uh, thermoluminescent um, uh, bulb or basically it is uh, what you must have seen in the um, uh, big um, uh, Petromax lamps. And when the Petromax lamps were, they produce very bright light. In fact, we developed the, we redesigned the Petromax lamp to produce much more brighter light. And when the light, the heat of the this lamp, then cooked a complete meal for a family of five. So Nari's land stove provides excellent light, equivalent to 1200 lumens, almost equivalent to 100 watt bulb light, cooks a complete meal for a family of five and produces 10 liters of potable water because you can boil water and it, this uh, land stove runs either on ethanol, kerosene or diesel and this is something which we are very proud of. It produces no smoke, no smell and particulates are less than WHO standards. The beauty of this device is that unless until you have this excellent light, when you have excellent light, the combustion is complete. If the light is not excellent, then the combustion is not complete. So you can immediately see that the combustion, when it is complete, it produces only carbon dioxide and water, and so there is no particulates and no smell. This is as clean as LPG, and we have tested it in 22 huts in five villages near Fulton. The life cycle analysis on land stove shows it is five times better than electric cooking and lighting. So basically what we have done is we have used the fuel there itself for producing the heat and light. The same fuel going through the power plant goes through a lot of inefficiencies and by the time it comes to your house through the electric wires, it has, one has lost a lot of energy and that is the reason why this LCA is nearly five times better than electric cooking and lighting. Since the whole world is going for electric cooking and lighting, I thought this will be a very good way of comparison of why this technology is superior than the lighting than the electric system technologies and this is also an example of doing more from less and basically go follows our philosophy of development
There were problems of kerosene availability, so we have looked at diesel as a fuel. We started this work on alcohol, but uh, Government of India's excise laws do not allow alcohol to be used in cooking and lighting. There are still challenges, for example, we need heat opaque glass because when you produce light, um, around 25 to 30 percent of the heat comes out as radiation. If we have a heat opaque glass and all this heat remains inside, only the light comes out. So we'll have a cool light and the heat will go further in cooking, which will make the, the whole land store even more efficient. We have also developed and were working on thermoelectric unit to charge cell phone and possibly run an efficient fan. We need to have around 10 to 15 watts, so we need to be produced. And we also need an efficient fan, which will push more air per watt. And there's a great challenge for engineers, or especially the wooden gangs, to develop such a fan, which will have the maximum efficiency within the minimum, maximum efficiency, so it can push more air per unit watt. And there's also need to use agriculture residues to produce liquid fuels like diesel and kerosene. So it becomes a very sustainable economy for the rural areas. We have also worked on the portable water and refrigeration. Uh, filtering dirty water through four layers of cotton sari and heating it up to 60 degrees Celsius for 10 to 15 minutes or 45 degrees Celsius for three hours inactivates all coliforms. And this is the simple technology that we have, uh, that I am showing, that we developed in our institute, which is called as a solar water purifier, which is nothing else but these four tubes, solar tubes, in which you fill the water in the morning, passe, passing is the um, four layers of cotton sari, and we developed the, this profile in our lab, where we showed that at the different temperature time regime, the whole, all the coliforms are, um, are killed. Use of solar tubular water heaters because 99.5% times in a year, water temperature is greater than 50 degrees Celsius. In fact, even on a slightly uh, rainy day, uh, when the temperatures uh, go very low, the temperature inside this uh, tube, because it's an extremely efficient solar collector, it's basically like a, um, uh, 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 you know, a th thermos flask. And so it is uh, very useful for heating the water and if you have 50 degrees Celsius for four for three hours then all the coliforms go. If it is used with rainwater harvesting then we feel that this is the best technology for producing clean drinking water from rain. The temperatures during um, summer and during the um, uh, non-rainy days uh, go as high as 80 to 90 degrees Celsius and we feel that this can, these temperatures can also be used uh, to produce ice via suitable absorption systems. And if we can develop these systems, then you provide an excellent refrigerator for these rural areas because in a box you can pack the ice and this becomes the rural refrigerator. So there is a challenge. Challenges are efficient absorption refrigeration pairs needed. There are close to 150 to 200 such pairs. There is a need to develop some thermodynamic data. Then efficient ice box as a refrigerator is needed and then low cost ATM for water and ice dispensation. And we also need a low cost rainwater harvesting so that the um, tank can be made cheaply which can collect the water 
from the rooftop. While we were working with this uh, poor people uh, in developing our land, so we uh, looked at what they eat and we found out that the best way will be to have a rural restaurant where they can go after their hard day's work, eat a good thali which can be quite cheap and they don't have to cook at home, at the same time they will get wholesome food. So after a hard day in field, the woman is in no shape or mood to cook, very tiring and unpleasant chore. Tremendous pollution in rural households, as you have seen, irrespective whether you provide them with um, uh, with a LPG or with a land stove, uh, biomass is easily available, free of cost, and they always have a tendency to cook on biomass. They also have a very poor nutrition. Daily rations are brought from PDS shops. If not available, they tend to eat less, and this is what gives them malnourishment. malnourishment. Poor eating and hence rapid aging and poor in physical and mental health. And the, we feel that the creation of rural restaurants could be an answer to this crisis. Regular ones, this, these restaurants will be regular ones where you and I can go and eat um, at a regular price. But for poor people or below poverty line, they will get subsidized meal at rupees 10 per person. And this can happen with the use of UID card for meal purchase. We worked out a lot of these things. In fact, we are very proud to say that this was a forerunner of Amma's kitchens, which are popular in um, Tamil Nadu and other places. At the same time, this energy per kilogram of cooked meal can be minimized because you don't need to cook in the house. At a, a bigger place, this energy can reduce and need for development of efficient high power stores for these restaurants. And this can also be a very good CSR activity. And we have written a very major paper on the rural restaurants which you, one you can pursue is on the net. Then we'll talk about rural livelihoods. 80% of rural population is involved in farming. 80% of the farms in India are small in size. They are less than 2 hectares per size. Farm productivity in India is one of the lowest in the world. It's almost 33% of the world's best. In fact, that is the main reason why we have such a huge area in the farming because our productivity is very low. It just provides basically like a employment guarantee scheme for huge number of our population. Poor support price by the government of India and import of food. It goes up and down and the shortage of farm labor. Today, the farm, farm labor is in tremendous shortage because more factories have come and none of the farmers' children want to work in farm. Farming is non-remunerative and farmers' children do not want to farm. This has resulted in lots of farmer suicides, but the main reason is that the expectation and the um, aspirations of the farmers and the rural poor have increased. So they want to have more money for their uh, children's marriage and other things. They borrow money, they can't repay, and then that is this how there's a vicious cycle of um, uh, money and suicides. Large areas of farmland are being sold to builders. And the poor proper farming policy can protect farmers and increase food production. Wealth of the country comes from its land. <clears throat> and we wrote a very interesting article on what should be the true price of the farm produce. And this is also available on the net. And please have a look at it. We need innovations in farming. <clears throat> and I'll show you how modern farming should be done. This sketch 
shows my dream for Indian farmer where he should become a breeder <clears throat> just should see the health of the crop look at uh, his crop uh, identify plants which are good for the future and this is how the breeders work and all the activities of the farm will be done by these autonomous uh, machines basically um, uh, the, the uh, it's a internet for everything and it will be it's a for precision farming and this is what we propose the challenges are affordable and efficient drip systems camera mounted on cheap drones for disease and stress identification robots for planting weeding and harvesting a lot of this the work is being done in united states and europe but we need this uh, this type of work for india where we have small farms and so we need to develop these small machines in united states and, and uh, in europe they have big farms and they have huge machines and i believe that small machines is what the indian it people engineers can really develop farm machines to run on farm derived fuel and this could be electricity or this could be from the agriculture residues producing liquid fuels as we discussed before no farmer will be able to afford these costly machines so venture funds are needed for agriculture de technology development and also in leasing this these machines this thing is already happening today lot of farmers get these huge harvesting machines these machines come they charge per hour basis and they completely harvest the crop for the farmers in a very short time so the same leasing equipment model will be utilized for these type of things then the another high tech farming is what is called as the indoor farming where you do the farming under indoor conditions of very precise temperature humidity and lighting and basically this is very good for the greens for some fruits but it is not very good for the grains and those some the people are working on it this is called as a container agriculture and this is without soil basically it is based upon hydroponics and aeroponics useful for vegetables and fodder precise lighting temperature and humidity control environment and what i show in these photographs are two farms that we visited both these farms are in um, uh, in the north uh, northeast of united states the photograph upstairs um, uh, the first photograph is of the aero farms in new jersey so it, at that time it was one of the largest facility in the world two and a half acres completely enclosed facility almost uh, uh, two story high um, uh, these uh, trays and the bottom is a gotham farms in uh, new york where they produce this uh, leafy vegetables and they sold it downstairs in the whole food stores and people buy these vegetables because it is completely organic very good very excellent taste and they are ready to pay high price the yields are close to 10 to 100 times that of the land based systems nearly no pesticides organic presently costly but prices are dropping because of research and development and more than this our research and development is also needed in perennial crops you know 
you have, you have, a lot of you are scientists engineers you will appreciate that if you have a company producing some product then after the product is sold you don't raise the company and start a new company yet in agriculture this is what we do we the, the produce which is only 25 to 40 percent of the total plant is what is useful for mankind for humans after you harvest we raise the complete plant we approve the whole thing and we start again fresh till the soil and plant new things it's such a waste of the energy of a root system so we thought and others also thinking that why not have wheat and rice grow on trees that you plant the system and then you have you just harvest the fruit year after year and this is nothing uh, science fiction things are already happening and we visited one of the best uh, fam most famous institute called land research institute in kansas united states where they're working on sweet on the wheat sorghum and oilseed crops on this perennial crops it's a long process but it's worth trying what we have done in agriculture in nari we work on safflower where 20% of total varieties from nari <coughs> are being used in the country our varieties are grown in around 8000 acres this is a 2015-16 data and we again use the whole plant approach so that the oil from the seed which also is like a you know you must have taken suffolk oil it comes from our varieties and petals as herbal tea which is excellent for heart and uh, leaves are also excellent vegetable and basically we also use the residue for producing charcoal which can be spread on the fields as a nice fertilizer <clears throat> we also introduced sweet sorghum in india in 1970s and again there's a multi-purpose crop where the food the comes from the grain from the top then the stem is uh, very sweet is almost like sugarcane so you can produce uh, syrup or you can um, uh, ferment it to produce ethanol and the, uh, what is left behind is bagasse is excellent fodder for animals so you get food um, food uh, fuel and fodder from the same piece of land and we have sold around four tons of syrup uh, already to different uh, companies they find this our syrup as a substitute for honey and very good for formulation for the pharmaceuticals and madara variety <clears throat> which is our variety has been tested in two dozen countries all over the world and in both these things we work on the whole plant approach in these crops we are also working on forest development because there is a very uh, india is becoming a um, uh, animal protein uh, society so more and more animals are being used for meat and for they need fodder and so we are working on Apuntia, which is basically cactus and we have sold nearly one ton pads in Andhra Pradesh, Karnataka, Telangana and we are also working on Lucina which is basically Suvabul and uh, which has been sold to farmers in various states and also on grasses and legumes which are excellent source of fodder for animals. There are large number of sheep in uh, different parts of the country and these uh, Local sheep are producing a single kit. Through our research and development, we introduced the Garula 
FECB gene in the regular in the existing sheep, so producing twins, which has increased the income of the shepherds quite a lot. So introduction of FECB gene from Sundarpan Garol sheep into local Deccani sheep for twinning, this increased shepherd's income. 200 Nari Sona rams were having given to government of Karnataka, also given in Andhra Pradesh, Tamil Nadu and Maharashtra. We have an excellent artificial insemination center and sophisticated facilities at Nari for semen freezing and R&D. This was a joint collaboration between NARI, University of Northern New England in Australia and National Chemical Laboratory in Pune. For our work in developing this um, sheep, we got the CSIRS IS award for development. We need best brains for rural development. Excellent engineers, scientists and managers needed for rural innovations. <clears throat> Innovation ecosystem somehow does not exist in Indian education system. It is mostly focused on passing exams. Students are bright but education system is broken. We need to implant innovation bug in school and colleges and therefore very innovative teaching methods are needed. I believe that precision agriculture, 3D printing etc. for rural applications may spur bright students to be engaged in this activity. In fact, it is a very sad state of affairs that we take some of the bright students in IITs including BHU IIT and after four years, almost 90% of them don't want to do any engineering. So obviously something is wrong with our education. We have taken bright students and we have made them totally incompetent because then they go after money which they feel can come only in management and they join management schools. For doing all these activities, we need venture funds so that the students can make their own um, uh, startups and the, there is a lot of um, startups which are coming in the country and I believe there is a need for development for venture funds for hardware based startups. Good funding for rural internship is also needed in science technology NGOs, TM fellows are one part but we need good people and I will be delighted if some of you join us for a few years. Social entrepreneurship provides excellent opportunity for young students to do something worthwhile with the lives but before all these things we need to put our house in order we need to reduce our greed for resources and money spirituality helps us in becoming secure and promotes sustainable living if we do that then a lot of the problems that we see today will vanish there is a need to approach inclusive innovation is a higher calling money should be secondary today whenever I talk with students and I ask them to please come and join me, the first thing they ask is package. I think we have, as a society, we have failed our children, we have failed our youngsters because we have made them so greedy and that comes because we are greedy. And I always, you know, my father went to jail with Gandhiji and I used to always ask him about what was the great thing about the whole movement and the thing is, he told me that uh, Gandhiji gave calling a higher calling and so they were all inspired by something higher in life. I am sure that the captains of Indian industry like Billas and, and Bajaj at that time 
were as crooks as they are today but because gandhi ji gave a higher call, a call for the higher things that they invested huge amount of money for this cause and i am very much sure that if today we give uh, uh, if we inspire the our youngsters our students for higher things in life then they will be very happy to uh, contribute their knowledge and their enthusiasm for rural development <clears throat> giving back to society produces happiness and rural poor do not have a single neuron less than any of us and aspire to improve the quality of life just as we do inclusive innovation is just for that and that is where we need the brightest brains and a much different outlook in life to help the rural poor come into the mainstream and become middle class and i believe that mantras mantra for india's development should be based upon spirituality which curbs our greed for resources and gives us a wisdom with high technology and both these things combined will produce happiness thank you very much these are the useful sites uh, uh all the work that we have done i have put i have made available for you on the net and you are most welcome to use them and this is our email thank you very much